conquer local. It's really a breath of fresh air. Good times. I help leaders go from anxiety to authority under pressure. And then let's go and get it. It's an ecosystem. The hardest part here is going to be getting me to shut up on this one. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Hosted by Jeff Tomlin. Welcome to the Conquer Local podcast. Our show features successful sales leaders, marketers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs who will inspire you with their success stories. Each episode is packed with practical strategies as our guests share their secrets to achieving their dreams. Listen in and learn the highlights of their remarkable accomplishments and get the tips to revamp, rework, and reimagine your business. Whether you're a small business owner, marketer, or aspiring entrepreneur, the Conquer Local Podcast is your ultimate guide to dominating your local market. Tune in now and take your business to the next level. I'm Jeff Tomlin, and on this episode, we're pleased to welcome Suman Cherry. Suman is the Chief Executive Officer and founder of Cherry Talent Group. With over 20 years' experience in recruiting, she successfully placed over 500 employees in industries such as medical, oil, gas, construction, and real estate. She's dedicated to understanding the needs of her clients and candidates and takes pride in being a hiring matchmaker. With a focus on understanding the unique qualities of each company, Cherry Talent Group prioritizes nurturing long-term relationships based on trust with a goal to find candidates who not only possess the required skills, but also align with the client's vision and their culture. Get ready, Conquerors, for Suman Cherry coming up next on this week's episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. You know, there's nothing more important in an organization than the people that are in and around on the team. Um, over the years at Vendasta and through all the different iterations, the milestones that we've hit, I can point to one thing that is the most important thing to get us to those milestones, and it's been the team around us. The team's gone through a lot of different iterations over the years, um, but I always look back and it's the people that have been around us that have helped us get to where we got to go. And so this week, I am thrilled to have Suman Cherry, the owner of Cherry Talent Group, with us to talk about talent. Suman, welcome to the, the Conquer Local Podcast. How you doing? I'm good, Jeff. How are you? I am doing good this week. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's any given day, right? <laughs> any given day. Any given day. Why don't you give us a little bit of the history about, uh, about your company, where you came from, who's your mom, how'd you get to where you're here now? So I have been doing recruiting for about 20 plus years. I started off in recruiting, um, in medical recruiting a number of years ago. And I did medical recruiting. Then I moved into oil and gas recruiting because I moved into Houston. I moved to Houston and I did that for a long time. Um, I started and I started my own firm about 12 years ago. And most of my career has been mostly on the contingent side of recruiting. Um, obviously recruiting has some different elements. You know, most people either have someone in house or they go out, they outsource the recruiting piece. They use contingent recruiters. And typically the way a contingent recruiter works is they pay a percentage of a placement fee. Well, I did that for a long time and I realized that there was a new model that needed to be created. And that's where Cherry Talent Group came from. Um, I had a client ask me during COVID if I would do some contract work for them. And I did. And I loved it. I loved the 
communication piece with working with clients on such a more deeper, intimate, more consultative level. And I enjoyed the time I got to spend with candidates versus it being this robotic transactional experience for it to be like a human to human connection. Um, so I launched my company about a little less than a year ago. So it's pretty mm -hmm. new and it's done really well. I've had just tremendous success and we've had a lot of referrals, a lot of wins, but more than anything, it's just fun to do something and offer something that's different that's out there. And that's something that helps people, you know, cause we're, like you said, your talent is so important. The people that work in your organizations are so important and it's so important where you work. You know, like it's so much of your life is the people in your the companies you work with and you work with and your leaders and your coworkers and you bring that home with you. So I'm just really passionate about that piece. You know, um, it, it's interesting. So you mentioned that you sort of uh, iterated on the on the talent model. Um, and th that's interesting to me because one of the pushback that organizations, at least our organization, people that I've talked to, but working with a talent agency is, you know, the cost of recruiting. And, um, you know, it was an easy, easy answer for us. You know, as you get to a certain size, you get to a point where in order to fill, you know, specialized roles in your organization, it becomes important to uh, find other venues of finding the talent. And it becomes more difficult to find top talent for key, key positions. And, you know, so when we work through the process, you know, the answer for us at the end of the day, well, what's the opportunity cost of having a vacant role of a, a, a really, you know, a critical position in your company? But maybe talk a little bit more about, you know, how, how and why you iterated on, on sort of the cost model there. So for me, it was, and I, I don't want to say, I never want to go to a negative place. I've been in recruiting a long time. Yeah. But the traditional contingent model mm. didn't sit well with me anymore. Yeah. It was a lot of risk. It's a lot of risk for companies. It's it's actually for a recruiter, it's very stressful yeah. because it's a very hustle mentality because it is a transactional experience. I mean, you only make money if you place that candidate. And yeah, the placement fee is high, but this amount of stress and the attachment you form with candidates it's a it's an interesting dynamic because there's a lack of transparency. There's a lack of authenticity. So if a red flag pops up or if there's sort of a discussion that happens because candidates are they do have vulnerable conversations with the recruiters. And so sometimes those conversations, you uncover something like mm, this is something that needs to be brought up to my client. And maybe you don't bring that conversation up to your client. Right. Your reservations about the candidate. And on the flip side, maybe you know something about the client that's not going to align to the candidate. Because if you're someone who's worked, you're looking for work-life balance and you're looking for this and this, these specific things. And the company that you're working with, you're working 50, 60 hours a week. That's just how the energy of the environment is. Maybe it won't be the right match for you. Or maybe you're commuting a long distance. There's a lot of pieces to it. So... For me, Cherry Talent Group allows me to create a model where I'm able to help people and I can save my clients a lot of money because our the way that, you know, traditionally the way that it, it's usually a 20 to 25 percent placement fee for first, you know, the first year salary, which ends up being for a hundred thousand dollar candidate, 20 to twenty five thousand dollars with some of a guarantee of six months to a year. 
well, things are unpredictable at times, right? Yeah. So with this model, you get you you pay for the amount of time that I put into it. And typically it's your, it's half and even less. And it's flexible because maybe it's not a situation where you want us to help with every piece of it. You want sourcing, you need market data, there's special projects. All those pieces go into it with us. There's a lot of flexibility with it. You know, you you said at the beginning there, it's a, it can be a stressful process. And I can relate to that because we've gone through an, a, a number of scenarios where we've worked with recruiters to find the right talent. And it's a stressful process for, for us, for the recruiter, especially if the process drags out. And I can tell any interviewing, you know, situation for, for job seekers too is, is or it can be a stressful, you know, scenario. So I'm assuming... Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that you don't work with everyone that comes your way for in terms of uh, a talent that's seeking placement. So what are some of the characteristics of, you know, a, an ideal candidate that you guys work with? Um, candidate wise or client, client side, like the types of clients we work with? Maybe do one and then the other. Okay. So for candidates, let's start with the candidate side. When we do interviews with our candidates, we understand it's much more than just a resume. Like someone's resume is just a snapshot of someone's professional career, what they've done, who they are. We really understand who is this person outside of the work environment? How do they handle stress? How do they handle disappointment? How do they handle failures? How do they handle criticism? So we're looking for people who have a growth-oriented set, a mindset. You know, we're looking for someone who's made mistakes, understands their mistakes, takes responsibilities for those mistakes and learn from those mistakes. We're looking for someone who lives their life with strong values, you know, and, and we really try to gauge that on that initial conversation. We ask a lot of questions. Tell me about your, you know, tell me about what you like to do as a kid. Tell me about, you know, what, what type of hobbies you have. We want to understand who this person is. And that's what we really look for. We try to look beyond just a resume because there's everyone has a story, right? Yeah. Um, and we want to understand what is your story? What is your story? You know, and what do you really need? What are you looking for? And, and do we have something that matches what you're needing as well on that side? On the candidate side or the client side, we look for, we're really upfront with our clients. Um, this model is a lot of communication we expect like a lot of communication like when we need feedback within 24 hours we want to know if you don't like a candidate we send we want to know why we want to understand it we want to know who all the players are in the interview process we want to understand all the pieces that are important so we look for companies that understand that communication is paramount and we also look for companies that are growing um and companies that have i mean as far as we can we can tell initially with clients have a strong culture have a good value system have a mission and um care about their people that's a big deal for us yeah um you know i can speak from experience that uh the the times that we've worked with a recruiter mostly always had good experiences and there are some guarantees too that come along with the process that you don't get, you know, when you're hiring people uh, and through, you know, your own pipeline, um, and so we, we've always always had a great experience. I'd say always, almost all the time, and so it begs a question: like, what, you know, when is the right time for a company to engage with a talent agency? 
I think there's a couple of trainer thoughts. I mean, ideally, I don't think, I think you should leave it. If you, I think you should leave it to an expert to handle the, all of it. It is tedious to go through hundreds of resumes. It is tedious to interview, pre-interview people, to set up interviews, to unschedule the interviews, to follow up. And if you want to create a system that's seamless, working with an external recruiter, which whether it be like my my company or another type of external recruiter is going to be the most success for you. Because if not, you're having people, first of all, that don't do this. this, there is an expertise to it. And they're having to take away from their own other responsibilities and handle this. On second of all, you're, it delays the whole process. And then you have a retention issue because if people in those organizations and you're waiting for this person to get hired and other people are doing the jobs of three or four people, that's a problem as well. It burns out morale in the organization. So I don't have, I mean, internal recruiters, internal HR people, they're great, but they on traditionally when they're working for a company, they're working on a lot of positions at a time, a lot to be able to sustain having an internal recruiter and those types of pieces. And they're not really digging in as deep as what a recruiter would. And even on the contingent recruiter side, in order for them to be able to be successful, they have to work with 15 to 20, 10, 15 clients at a time. They're working a lot of things. They're not putting their energy into one thing. Versus us, we we are very consultive in our nature. We are, we're there. Like if you need us, we're there to follow up with you, um, answer any questions you have to, and we go so deep that we have all these candidates always tell us like, wow, like you guys really take the time to like listen to us. I feel like a robot a lot of times, you know, when people call me or I feel like the recruiter is. And for me, that's huge. Suman, you know, like obviously technology is changing all sorts of things in our world. I imagine technology has changed your industry and maybe um, talk a little bit about uh, how technological advances have, has changed the work that you do and um, are there are there any are there any positives sp- specifically you want to you want to call out or any negatives that um, impact the whole process? Well, when I started recruiting, there was nothing. <laughs> there was no LinkedIn. There was no um, I don't even know if a D that maybe it was around, but it was Monster. It was Crewbuilder, and it was mailers. <laughs> so it's definitely changed a lot. Um, the flip positive side, yeah, I think. The technology piece is great. Like you're able to put that job description out there and more people are able to see that's available. They can do a lot more research on their own about the companies, um, who they are as an organization beforehand. So those are all very positives. I think the AI piece and all those stuff for the content writing is great. I I think it's it's all amazing. But I think there's also going to, there's always a negative to a positive. So for me, um, there's a lack of human connection, I think, yeah. that has happened in yeah. the recruiting world. There's, I think the issue is when you have these systems and there's like specific keywords and all these kind of things, you miss out on the opportunity for a lot of candidates maybe just didn't fill all that on a resume or didn't, the resume didn't show who they really are, you know? And so I think yeah. that's another piece because a lot of times clients have these very specific requirements and the requirements tend to be very big. And some of those are 
teachable, you know, learnable. So I tell my clients, what's a requirement versus a preference? Like, what is, you know, and how do you put that into a computer system? I mean, how do you put that technology? It's missing that human component, that com- that conversation you have. When I talk to candidates, when I talk to clients, I'm always trying to understand the story, you know? Yeah, I, I can relate. And, you know, uh, and through the different, you know, places or roles that I've filled, um, I always, um, I can say almost all the time, but at most of the times, um, when I've done more interviews than I wanted to do, I've connected with a, a candidate that I might not necessarily identified on paper as being the, the top one, but but you learn so much from having an interaction with somebody and, and you know, relying on data and, uh, and process uh, just isn't enough sometimes because, I, you know, at least from my perspective, finding the right person is, uh, you know, right at the front and center of that is finding someone that is going to be the ideal match for your team. And that's not often skills. It's, it's you know, personality and how will they interact with the different pe- personalities on your team and how do they align with your values. And you can't really get that without talking to someone. Yeah, I, I think the the value piece is in anything in life is so important because those values is not just something we bring into our work environment. It's something we bring into our families from the start of the day. I mean, my my belief is that, you know, if you are someone who has an abundant mindset, a growth mindset, you know, and you're always looking for ways to, I don't want to say better about yourself, but you take responsibility, accountability, um, you're not so reactive, you know, reactive base, you are able to have a response base type of personality. That's something that translates in all areas of your life. So it's not just in a work environment. And those types of people, um, those are the candidates and companies that bring them on. There's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity for growth for them because they they can hold a lot of space. They there's not this oh but that's not my job but that's not my job that's my job you know it's like we work as a team we want to get the job done I'm able to pitch in and the company good companies recognize that from their people as well they also recognize that just because someone's a super high producer they may not be the right person for their organization because that person might be creating if they're toxic or they have a negative mindset. Mm-hmm. That is like a cancer for a for our company. So good companies understand that as well. Bringing in people that are a little bit fresher, that can be, that can learn, that have the right mindset, the right values. That's so invaluable. I I was going to ask you, by the way, and you you already touched on it. So you have a candidate who has the perfect skill set, maybe even more than what you thought, so could execute the job perfectly, but might not be an ideal culture fit for the organization versus somebody who might not have quite as much experience, but is a perfect culture fit. Who do you pick and who do you place? So for me, if I find, if I have a unit, like this very difficult, like unicorn position, you know, that this person has every single thing, but maybe they don't have the right attitude, right? Like, yeah. you know, there, there's something, you can feel it out. You're asking the questions. There's they're blaming everyone for everything. They're not taking responsibility. They're blaming their boss. They're blaming their dog. They're blaming everyone. Uh, well, first of all, I'm going to have a conversation with my client, right? I'm not going to make that decision on my own. I'm going to have that conversation with my client. I'm going to let them know upfront what it is, give my suggestion. Yeah. If my client chooses to have the conversation, and sometimes they do, right? Yeah. 
that's their choice, but I'm going to give them the choice and I'm always going to give them my authenticity. On the flip side, if I have a candidate that maybe doesn't fit all the boxes, but man, they are a go-getter, man, they are, they are excited, they're hungry, they're motivated, and they've got some really good foundation, I'm also going to present that to my client and recommend they call them as well. And that's happened quite a bit. It happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. And typically my clients know me pretty well. So when if I say, got kind of a, I don't know, he was having a bad day. I don't know what was going on. If, if a client, if, my clients are like, if he's rude to you, if they're, she or he is rude to you, that's a problem for us. Right. So yeah, just, it's, it's a little gray, but I try to, I try to be transparent, authentic, but give my opinion too. Yeah. Uh, always leery of red flags. And uh, at least from our, our perspective here, always like to make sure that we hire slow and uh, to make sure that we've got the, you know, the right culture fit uh, for, for, for somebody on the team. So anyways, you've uh, obviously, you've been doing this a while. You've got a ton of experience. And so for the people who might be listening that are out uh, and uh, they're out career hunting right now, um, share some of your, you, you know, your, your top tips and things that they should be doing to become, you know, attractive candidates for, for potential organizations. Well, first of all, it's a full-time job looking for a new job. So it is very discouraging. It is very frustrating. It is really difficult on your self-esteem and it rejection never feels good. And that is the truth. We are human beings. We have lots of emotions and it never feels good. It just doesn't. It can be very, very exhausting and laborious. And it's just a very difficult process. Some of the, some of the things that I would say is number one, if you are already in a position, and you're already thinking, mm, maybe I need to start looking, start start the process before you're in a place where you, you have to make some difficult choices, like where you have more opportunity to make better options at that point. Um, your resume, you know, most candidates will just dust off a resume, throw a couple things on there, but recruiters look at resumes. That's the first thing they look at. They spend, I think the, I read it was like seven seconds per resume, eight seconds per resume. And that's how quick it is, right? So your resume, first of all, it's as simple as make sure there's no spelling mistakes. Make sure the formatting is right. Take that time for it. You know, make sure that you are talking about your successes, what you've done for these organizations that you've been part of, not just the Yes, you want the the meat and potatoes piece, but what makes that you apart as a candidate? What makes someone want to you? They want you for their organization. You know what I mean? And everyone has those success stories, and those success stories need to be on there. I would also be um, treat it like a full time job as well. Like give yourself goals, give yourself um, accountability to it. You know how many positions am I going to apply for today? How many positions? What am I going to, am I going to go on LinkedIn and I'm going to do my own network? I'm going to look at my networks. People don't realize how many people they're afraid to ask, yeah. but there are so many people that you're connected with already that you don't even, because some jobs don't even get posted, right? Or they're only posted for a short period of time. A lot of times those LinkedIn positions, they have the hiring manager. You can reach out to them. You know, you can connect with them. You can there's LinkedIn groups you can be part of. When you're in Indeed, update that resume. Make sure it's updated so it gets put on the top of the search because you know it's it's all um, they it's all about that. You need yeah. to treat it like put a lot of energy into it. And 
take criticism. You know, if you've interviewed for a lot, a lot of jobs and, and it's like, why am I not landing this? So is there a confidence piece? You need to practice. Interviewing is, is um, difficult sometimes, you know? Yeah. Practice, yeah. Yeah. get to know that company. Understand, do I really want to work for this company? You know, that kind of piece as well. That's you, what I would recommend. You know, I was, uh, I was sharing with one of my other guests on the show, uh, Nick Padilla, that my uh, very first venture in online marketing, I had created a website way back in, oh, not to date myself again, but I'll do it again because I like doing that, I guess. 1996, uh, I created a website uh, and marketed resume and cover letter templates. And we'd create templates in Microsoft uh, Word at the time, and we zipped them up in a zip file and, and had a downloadable zip file of resume and cover letter templates. Anyways, so back, way back then, I, uh, I, I used to say a lot when we were doing this, people would go to university and they would spend, you know, four, four years or more of their lives and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars getting marketable skills. And then they would spend very, very, an incredibly small amount of time actually marketing those skills once they actually got it. And that's what, you know, a resume is and, and perfecting how to talk in an interview and how to answer questions confidently, how to research an employer. You know, it's all part of marketing those skills that you've got at the end of the day. And you'd think you'd need to put the, the same amount of effort into marketing those skills as you did getting those skills and whether that was going to university or whether it was gaining those skills over, you know, a long career. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's something that should give uh, uh, candidates pause and to how much effort they, you know, they should put into marketing themselves. I mean, I think it's very important. You know what I mean? I think it's highly important because you just have a very small few seconds to grasp one's attention. So, and, and there's, you can, there's resume writers that can definitely help you write your resume. I mean, you could go on Etsy and pull up a template for a resume and you can use that. I mean, they have people, there's a lot of opportunities out there. You just have to figure out what, you have to make the effort to do it. You know what I mean? I, Cause I know it can get very discouraging, like especially you lose your job and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. I gotta go find a job and I get that. But you're better off taking that energy and spending the time on that resume and really marketing yourself. Having a nice LinkedIn profile, having a professional photo up there. Those are important pieces. They really are. Yeah. So, you know, these are foundational things, being able to recruit on the one side and build a team and, you know, on the other side, being able to market skills and match that up with an ideal organization. Um, Suman, what are some of the top takeaways that you want to leave the audience with here? So I think one of the main places is, is that, you know, recruiting doesn't have to be this ghosting. I mean, the worst, the, one of the things that really frustrates me so much is when I hear from candidates who've interviewed four or five, six times for a company, and they never even got a call back from a recruiter or from the company, and they took all that time. And, and it's not that the company did it intentionally. It's not like the recruiter did it intentionally. It's just the process itself is so tedious. And the process itself is so exhausting for companies that it doesn't have to be that way. It can be a really an easier process. If you give up that control, you let someone else, an expert handle that. The job descriptions. I mean, I'll give you a prime example. Um, as simple as 
you know, we've had, I've had clients that send me pages, six page job descriptions. And I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work. Right. Like there's nothing about you. So, you know, I think it's so important to understand as an organization, when you are bringing on people, whether you use a recruiter or do it in house or whatever else to treat people like people, this is a human to human connection. And you don't know just because you don't hire someone for a role, you don't know where that person's going to play in your life later and your career or something like that. And as an organization, you want to keep good bridges. You want to be known for a com- as a company that treats everyone well, even when you're going through the hiring process. And on a candidate side, I think it's, you need to know your worth. Don't devalue yourself. You know, don't devalue yourself. Don't, ask for $30,000 less than what you really want, and then stay there for six months and leave. Get the job where it's gonna be, or if there's additional skills you need to go get, maybe you need other software systems or there's a lack somewhere, go do it. You know, Put yourself in the driver's seat on that end. Suman, it has been an absolute pleasure having this conversation with you. Um, how can people contact you, reach out to you if they wanna continue the conversation? So I, I mean, I have my website, jerrytalentgroup.com. I'm also all over LinkedIn, so you can find me on there. I'm also going to be offering um, a 30-minute expert consultation. And this is for clients or candidates, and there's no cost. It's just if you want some, if you're a candidate and you need, you want some guidance on how do I even get started in this? Yeah, like let's talk, right? Yeah. Um, if you need some, some, you want me to look at your resume, happy to do that. If I, you want me to help you show you things on LinkedIn, happy to do that. On a client side, if you're a client, a potential client, and you want to know how you've worked with recruiting agencies, maybe you haven't. Maybe you are the owner of your company and you're tired of doing everything. Um, and you want to know how we're different? Let's chat. You know, let's, let's, let's chat and see if we're a good partnership. We're looking for long-term partners. We're looking we're going to be opening a candidate side to our business as well, where we're going to be like a cheerleader for candidates. Um, we really want to help them as well. So, cause we want to change the whole process of the ickiness of the whole thing. We want it to be cleaner and, and, and more open and transparent, and authentic, and it to be a true human to human connection, you know? Yeah. It's a process creating uh, relationships, especially long lasting relationships that last you know, a lifetime or a, a business lifetime. And so it's hard work and it sounds like that's uh, the type of organization that you are. It's an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I hope that we can- Oh, uh, do, thank you. I really appreciate it. Hope that we can do this again sometime. And uh, uh, we've got a fantastic offer from you out to the audience. And with that, I'll say, I hope you have a fantastic week, a fantastic summer. And uh, it was a pleasure chatting with you. You too. Thank you so much. You know, lots of valuable insights from our conversation with Suma Cherry. You know, one of the key takeaways from the conversation is that the importance of transparency and human connection in the recruiting process. You know, Suman believes in building genuine relationships with candidates and clients, prioritizing open communication, and understanding their individual needs beyond just a resume. By fostering transparency and authenticity, she creates a more positive and effective experience for all of the parties involved. Another key takeaway is the emphasis on accountability and a growth mindset in the job search. Suman advises job seekers to approach their search with a proactive mindset, treating it as a full-time job 
and taking ownership of their progress. She encourages candidates to showcase their accomplishments, maintain a well-crafted resume, and utilize professional networking platforms like LinkedIn. Suman also highlights the significance of handling rejection gracefully, learning from it, and continuously growing in confidence. By adopting a mindset of abundance, being accountable for their job search, and embracing personal growth, individuals can enhance their chances of finding a better opportunity. If you've enjoyed Suman's episode discussing unlocking career potential, advice from a talent management expert, keep the conversation going and visit some of our older episodes. Check out episode 608, Five Skills of Innovators and Entrepreneurs with Bob Mesta, or episode 533, Emotional Intelligence with Colleen Stanley. Until next time, I'm Jeff Tomlin. Get out there and be awesome. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Tune in next week for a new episode. Guest discovery and produced by Suleiman Adam. Marketing by Rory Lawford, Nicole Lozon, and Suleiman Adam. Executive producers, Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Suleiman Adam. Recorded at Vendasta headquarters on the Canadian prairies.